I know. The X at 105.9. Taking a merciful break from the baseball talk that has plagued this program since 3 p.m. We will be getting back to it, though. We're going to do some hockey now with Mike Rupp, NHL analyst for NHL Network, AT&T Sportsnet, NHL on NBC Sports. This segment of Mark's show is always sponsored by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. How are you, Rupper? I'm good. Uh, you don't want to do any baseball talk? <laughs> no, no certainly. I would not do that to that you. One? All right. I know all right. where. We'll talk hockey. I know where you're heading hard. Always are here, and it's you know in Pittsburgh we're still stuck on the nine day break. Uh, same thing in Philly and for other teams here. And I'm going to ask you this first. This schedule. I know the NHL Players Association was in favor of having these breaks, but then they come back and they play a bazillion games in a very short span. Can't there be some kind of happy medium? You know, and I think that the big problem is what they tried before. Do you remember when when teams kind of had their random by weeks or, or All over off? the place, yeah. It, you know, I remember, I remember speaking, I think it was the Arizona Coyotes maybe two years ago, and it was something insane. Like you had, you know, it was, say, uh, December. Uh, you had your Christmas break. These guys came back, played like, you know, um, a couple games. Then you, you know, you play like two, two or three games, and then yeah, they had their bye week, and then they come back, play like one game, and then they have the all. <laughs> right, I remember and, this. And it kind of <laughs> just, you know, you talk about just taking the whole momentum out of a season. So I think now the idea is, all right, well, at least we can level the playing field as far as giving teams equally the same. And remember, what it used to be is you'd have teams coming back from their breaks playing against teams that have been playing. So it's like such a disadvantage um, for those teams. So I think, you know, it's not perfect. I think when I'm back as a player and talking to some players about it um, over the all-star break, and it's like, I think the idea for the players would be the best thing would be, Hey, let's, let's not take that time and let's build that into the schedule. Mm-hmm. And you might not feel it that much, but maybe we can space out, get a little more rest every once in a while during the season um, because, yeah, it does. The schedule gets crazy yeah, from here on out. When you're, when you're talking 30 games left and you're looking at the calendar, see how many days are available, and you're going every other day from here on out. Well, that's the, the killer, and, and not to make excuses for the way the Penguins performed out in Philly, but I was talking to some of the players out there in Philly after that game, and they didn't want to use this, you know, obviously on the record, but it was their 11th game in 20 days, and yeah. – you know, the Flyers had been through a grind too, but nothing quite like that. And you could tell from watching that game that the Flyers had the way fresher legs. And, you know, it's just crazy to disintegrate hockey to that level. Do you know what I mean? Because that's what ends up happening is that the hockey gets hurt by it. And that, and that just makes no sense to me. No. And, it, it, you know, when you have teams that are like, you know, it's, it's, the only teams that want that are the teams that are limping in with about eight game losing streak, and then you're like, "Good <laughs> right. Lord, just let's go to Aruba for a few days." <laughs> yeah, and then, and then we feel a little recharged. Like, let's just forget that ever happened. So, I mean, that's not very rarely going to happen. I mean, you want to you want to keep playing. I know as a player, I felt like absolute junk if you have too many days off. But yeah, I mean, it's. I think that the the attempt by the league and the players' association is to try to make it as even for everybody as possible. Try to make sure when you're coming off of a break. You're playing against a team that is also coming off a break. Um, it's not perfect. Uh, I think that, you know, again, the players would rather do it a different way. But, um, you know, that's what it is now, and, and you got to kind of deal with it. Well, as we look at the Eastern Conference standings setting up the Penguins 
rematch of this bizarre home and home, if you will, with the Flyers with the the nine days in between. Uh, the Flyers and the Maple Leafs currently sit outside the playoff picture in the Eastern Conference. Um, that, to me, is one whale of a testament to the strength of the conference. Would you agree with that? Because th- th- those are two teams that I think either are going to be in or are extremely likely to be in the mix. No, it's true. It's true. I, I think the thing that gets those two teams, um, and, and the reason why they're sitting where they're at, is they certainly have a, a lot of upside, but the inconsistency with those two teams is incredible. Yes. I mean, you'll have a team. I mean, there's nights where you see the Philadelphia Flyers where you're like, wow, they got some stuff going for them. And then they'll have stretches where you're wondering what happened to them. And the Toronto Maple Leafs are the same way. It'll be interesting. I think that the consistency is what's shooting them in the foot, both those two teams. Um, if those two teams or one of those two teams even are out of the playoffs, absolutely it's a testament to what's going on with the other teams in the league. But I think that it's more some of those other organizations, you know, when you've got the Carolina Hurricanes, I mean, they're more consistent. And it doesn't mean they're – their ceiling maybe not be isn't as high as those other teams, but they're consistently in games and, and they're finding ways to get points out of them. Mike Rupp of NHL Network, of course, is my guest. Rupper, you've played with Evgeny Malkin. You've watched him closely over the years. You've known him. Uh, is this some of the best hockey he's ever played? Yeah, it is. I, I definitely think so. It's it's the most well-rounded hockey mm-hmm. that Evgeny Malkin's played. Um, there may be times we've seen even more prolific offense coming from him, but it's he's not far off of that right now. But consistently for what he's bringing, I think that now you're starting to see, and, you know, I always thought about this with him, is I feel like these great players who have to reinvent their game when they get older, um, not, that, not that the offensive side isn't, isn't as prevalent but eventually the older you get you're going to lose a little bit and what are you going to do to make up for that and i think the great players recognize that early they make the changes i would even even say the changes if you'd look back a couple years ago with claude Giroux being switched to the wing taking off some of those taking some of those responsibilities off his plate allowed him to preserve some energy in the game to be able to, and he's still a heck of a player. I was going to say his offense hasn't suffered for it. It's actually gotten healthier. Yeah, because yeah. I think that it's it's less responsibility. Sidney Crosby is one. I mean, I'm, we're dating all the way back to probably 2010 when he started making the defensive changes in his game. This guy should be, um, if it wasn't for missing time. I mean, this guy, this guy should be in the Selkie conversation every year. But mm. for whatever reason, that's a whole other conversation. Why this league always wants to recycle the same guys. Um, that is true. <laughs> Evgeny Malkin is doing those things now. I, you know, not that he is recognizing a decrease in offense. I think he's realizing, and, and even from last year's bad taste in his mouth, is I've got to do other things. If this team is going to be successful, you know, there's probably uh, eight times out of ten he's going to feel great in a hockey game and, and, and control the puck and have it on a string. But those other two games – or those other two times, what is he going to be doing to, to, to contribute when it's not feeling that way? So um, he's recognized those things the great players do, and yeah, this is the best all-around hockey I've seen him play. Here's another one. You've seen, uh, over the course of your life in hockey, players get better, and you just mentioned some of the certain facets, certain skills. One thing that we don't often see, though, is a player become more adept 
or more proficient at finishing. Like that that's generally by most hockey scouts is seen as a he was either born with it or he wasn't the kind of thing. And yet we're seeing Brian Rust go from a guy who would always be in the mix and get yourself get himself a lot of shots and a lot of chances to now finishing them in some cases at a world class level. Uh, are you a believer that a player can become better at finishing, at at, at 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 having that particular skill, or do you just, or, or are they just labeled early? Um, no, I, I think so. I, I think that when it, this is pretty elementary, the way it sounds, um, I think that anybody can 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 figure this out. I, I just think that when you're the one thing I noticed in my career, and even personally, is I got to a point in my career where you know, um, you know, I just simply, I wasn't scoring and I, I knew I had to take on other roles in order to play in the league. And then when I went to Pittsburgh, I remember we kind of had like, well, actually my last year in New Jersey, Zach Parise started, we used to call it shot club. And it was after practice <laughs> or even before practice, we have a group of guys go out there and we just went through all of our reps. We were in the, that little soft area just inside or just outside the slot on, on both sides, inside the circle, and we'd receive passes from coaches and just collect it, get it off quick, collect it, get it off quick, and we'd run through. Maybe you get 20 shots from each one, and we'd do some one-timers, and you do that every single day. What ends up happening when you do that is you start feeling more confident in those areas. And, you know, it's it, it, I started scoring when I went to Pittsburgh because – when I went there, the same group was there. Tony Granado would feed us. I remember these these coaches. Tony Granado would have tendonitis in his elbow. He had tennis elbow, and <laughs> yes, he'd be yes. like, he, he'd be so sore from keep dish. I mean, he'd literally dish out. That was Sid's guy. He went out there. He would dish five hundred pucks before practice starts. And uh, you know that when you pay attention to the details, you do it over and over and over. Then you're confident in those situations. I also think shooting in practice with a purpose. Um, you know, sometimes over the course of a long season. You do drills. Sometimes you're doing the same drills. You're running through the same motions. You can't get caught up in just just doing what you do. You got to have a purpose behind it. And you know that's when the great goaltenders make the players on the team better. When Mark Andre Fleury's competing on the second, third rebounds, it's 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 helping me with my finishing ability. So I'm making sure I'm putting home. I had the same thing with Marty Berdour, Henrik Lundqvist. When they don't give up on pucks, that makes me stronger because I'm not going to give up on pucks. I'm going to make sure it ends up at the back of the net to end the drill. So, yeah, certainly could do that. I'd love to take a deeper dive and see what Brian Russ' day-to-day is as far as what he does, but he is clutch, and uh, his finishing ability is outstanding. Well, that's where, I mean, Jake Gensel would talk openly about before he went into his 40-goal season, how he and his dad, Mike, of course, a, a college hockey coach, worked endlessly all summer long just shoot, 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 quick release, quick, 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 everything, get it off, but also have the confidence in it. When Phil Housley was coaching Buffalo, uh, you you might have heard this story, but he would have guys take shootouts uh, at the end of every practice, and if they didn't score on the shootout, if they didn't have that purpose behind the shots, they'd drop and do push-ups. Like, just make you think about it. You know what I mean? Don't just flick it on the goalie. Try to actually score. No, yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's where it's at. You gotta, you gotta sit there, and I think that that's the big thing too. Is if you're sitting there, and so many times you wanna, when you're introduced to something new, and you get on the ice and you're working on a quicker release, that release is coming off in a real crappy way at first because you're not good at it. And so when you're sitting there, and we all want to feel good in all the things we do, um, 
the quick release, when you get it off quickly, that's how you score goals in the league. Mm-hmm. It's not about, I mean, there used to be a time where I used to think, you know, say uh, I'm in front of the, the goalie and there's a rebound and my back's to the goalie and I got to take a step out and grab this puck. I'm turning around and I'm thinking in my head, I'm going to grab this puck. I know the goalie's going to go down. I got to put this inside the elbow upstairs. No, you don't. You just have to good goal scores. <laughs> just get it back to the net as Smash quick as you can. It. it could be on the ice. It could be on the ice. It doesn't right. have to be. You don't have to pick your spot. The whole point is to get it back there as quick as you can. And when you first start doing those things and introducing yourself to those, it sucks. You don't feel like you can shoot the puck. But the more you do it, and it might not even look good, but the fact that it gets back to the net quick, catches the goalie off guard, that's how goals are scored, and that's how the goal scorers score. My last question for you. I had to fill out this um, thing for the Professional Hockey Writers Association. They do these midseason awards, which obviously mean less than nothing. But they're fun. And in doing so, I had to pick a um, midseason Vezina Trophy winner. I'm going through the stats. And, and Tristan Jari's at the top of almost all of them. And I, my brain, even, even knowing the guy, can't process that he'd be one of the top goaltenders in the NHL at any point. Um, what are you seeing from him right now, and is there a chance that this is real? It's funny when you say that because we did midseason kind of awards, mm-hmm. and I was looking at the same thing, and I'm like, you know what? Um, there's not really a goalie that's running away with anything. No. And when you look at his numbers, you're like, that's, you know, I put him up. You know, it might be a little bit of a stretch because of the lack of, you know, how much he's played. I, I guess not lack of, but, you know, generally speaking, the thing that's going to go against Tristan Jari in any kind of business voting is is you know he's, he's not the horse yeah he's he, not the horse yeah he's not, he's not vasilevsky look, look right year, what what jordan bennington did he didn't get his season going until january last year right i mean he he was he couldn't even get into the rookie of the year vote like he was i'm like how does this guy not in the you know, <laughs> right. and he did he ended up getting in there but it was like a it was like a fight for people because people have this set in their minds well i need to see a full slate of games he has to be the guy that would be the one thing holding tristan jari maybe back but when you're looking at the numbers there ain't no one that's running away with it so he i think he should be right in the mix mike rupp thank you as always for the time man i appreciate it all right back to baseball or what yeah yeah i'm just gonna go back to yelling at people about baseball if it's all right with you <laughs> Thanks, Rupper. When we come back, yeah, I'm going to do that. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. If you'd like to yell right back at me, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, filling in for Mark Madden, and you're listening to 105.9 The X.